Hey y'all, welcome to Black Pod Collective, the podcast where we teach podcasters how to podcast. Yeah, you heard that right. We teach aspiring and current podcasters how to start, grow, and sustain their platforms. So let's see what today's host has to share. The people, yes, our community is amazing. We are here. This is our keynote session. I'm not going to wing it because normally I just like pull off the brain. So I have an iPad with questions. So that's how you know it's official. But for those who don't know, my name is Anna Gogo, which I'm like, I feel like you know who I am. So maybe I should skip this part. Anna Gogo, founder of Black Pot Collective and Black Pot Festival. And I'm going to kick it off to our panelists so that that way they can share who they are and you can know who will be a part of this discussion. My name is Donald Albright, president, co-founder of Tenderfoot TV. We're an independent podcast production studio based here in Atlanta, launched in 2016 with the podcast Up and Vanished and have about 700 million downloads uh, to date. Amazing. Hi, everyone. It's great to see you all. My name is Nidia Serrano. I am a senior director podcast marketing at SXM Media, which is the advertising arm of SiriusXM. And we basically monetize experiences across Stitcher, Pandora, and of course, SiriusXM and a bunch of other publishers. We've been doing podcasting for over a year or two years, and we've grown significantly to become the number one podcast network. And we have a number of networks within our larger family that are focused on different audiences. And we have one called More Sauce that is very focused on Black podcasts. And we're going to have a discussion later about how we do that with my colleague, Jasmine. So it's great to meet you all. Yes, More Sauce. I'm a fan. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sierra Reed, Director of Podcasting at WABE here in Atlanta. We are a radio and broadcast station. Most of you may be familiar with us. Also, partners of PBS Local in Atlanta, and also we have a news and digital station. I am leading the efforts in launching our podcast network for Atlanta to amplify Atlanta voices. So we have some pretty interesting people, I would say. And so really to kick this conversation off, the whole premise of it is really talking about where we are as an industry, where we're going, and just what we as independent creatives need to keep in mind. But before, I want to kind of level set on what is a podcast. Like, if you don't know, I'm slightly a podcast knob and like, okay, an Instagram live is not a podcast, you know, those type of things. But (laughs) I want to make sure we level set because as we discuss podcasting, If you guys could just share in your definition of what a podcast is, so that that way we can take it from there. Probably the wrong person to start this off because in 2016, when we launched our company, the first podcast I ever listened to was our own podcast. Like I wasn't part of the industry. I didn't have rules. And this sounds more like a, let's start to put rules around what this is, what this isn't. And we kind of built our company on not having any rules at all. So it's a medium. I don't think you can say what is and what isn't. I think you can take audio content, video content, Instagram content. And if you can monetize it and bring it into the medium, I think it only grows, it grows the pot. It grows it bigger for everyone. So I don't know that we should really define what it is and what it isn't because eventually those rules are going to be broken and we're going to have to rewrite these rules every six months. That's something that a lot of creators say. They love, they enjoy the freedom of a podcast and the ability to tell their story. So for me, a podcast is storytelling in whatever way you want to tell your story, whether it is speaking to somebody, telling your own story, being very creative about the way that you share information. I think podcasts have this strength that they allow you to, they give you so much time 
to really dive deeply into very specific topics. Unlike any other media, you're able to talk about topics that are not spoken about on TV or on radio or on social media where you have like five seconds to get somebody's attention and then before they move on to the next topic. So it is very a very unique medium and it really gives people the ability to see themselves and their stories reflected, no matter how niche those stories are. For me, podcasting is a bit unique. I guess I'm one of those people that like to define things. I like processes and order. I grew up here in Atlanta, graduated Georgia State um, in journalism, and then I spent a lot of my time at uh, Radio One Atlanta interning there, just trying to learn the ropes of audio. I knew growing up, I wanted to do radio and uh, I listened to Ryan Cameron and Gray Street, six o'clock, six o'clock, you know. And so being able to see the growth of audio and its impact on the community, it, that's what I wanted to give in any role that I took on. While I was at Radio One and I spent a little bit of time on streets, 94.5, and realized that wasn't my calling, I started, I was like, you know what? I can't go in and out of breaks. Like, there's more for me to talk about. So I launched my podcast at the time where people were still trying to figure out, like, what is this? It was a team of all women. And I just knew that there were things in our community we wa I wanted to discuss. Um, women in relationships, you know, sports, being a wife, being a part of the community, being a sister, friend. And so for me, podcasting was my way of just expressing myself. And I like to hold space for that still. As you said, it's it's storytelling. It's that intimacy of being able to listen to whatever they're saying and the story. It isn't given to you like television, like you have the setting and you have the actors. And then this is all it is. You get to explore in your mind based on your own perspective and be a part of the conversation in a way that no audio form allows you to do. And I think that we have to keep that beauty of podcasting is that like you can connect with people and dive in deep. And of all the people they can listen to, they choose you. They choose your perspective. And that is what makes you unique. Your show will always be unique because there's nobody else like you. That's in my mind. Okay. Y'all have a very different take than me. <laughs> I like for there to be an RSS feed. I, 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 want, I want structure, okay? Of so course, your Facebook Connor. Live is not a podcast. Your YouTube channel is not a podcast. It's called a vlog. It has a name. But anyway, so this one is actually directed towards Nydia. So as we talk about social platforms, and everyone knows when Clubhouse was big, you know, I mean, maybe it's still big, but when it was of like everybody was ready to get on Clubhouse, there was talks about the fact that is Clubhouse going to replace podcasting? Is it taking over? You know, what does this mean? Because more people were on uh, Clubhouse and not listening to audio, so on and so forth. So with these different platforms and social platforms, do we see them as competitors for you? Like as you look at from a marketing standpoint and everything, or is it more of a companion tool? I would say it's a companion tool. I mean, as long as people are embracing the audio format in any way possible, it's just a way for to train society to kind of handle that. As we know, people are very comfortable with visual format and social media really allows for that connection. So the fact that there are now thriving audio social media platforms, is just an extension of how far we can go in the audio space. And it's just an extension of what you can do with podcasting. I think there was like a hype, a lot of hype around Clubhouse and a lot of that a couple of years ago, They're dying down a little bit more. Uh, so I think that there's a, a relationship between podcasting and Clubhouse where they're benefiting each other. In, in that sense. From a 
ad perspective. Because, you know, the thing with podcasting is like, oh, that data, I'm able to receive the data and know who my listeners are and just download so on and so forth. But from an ad perspective of what you know, how do we use these companion tools and be able to monetize and include it really as we grow our platforms? So I think it's about, uh, like you said, aggregating as much data as you can from as many sources as you can. So there are some data that you can get from these other platforms that you wouldn't be able to get from your podcast, unless you were doing some sort of survey and getting listeners to provide information. So if you have a number, a set of listeners who are engaging with you on a clubhouse, for instance, and you are able to get demographic information, uh, geographic information, and, all, and it'll also get that dialogue and back and forth with your audience, you're going to learn a lot from them. And when you pair that with your audience on podcasts, you can kind of create this graph of who your real listeners are and what really are they looking for in terms of the content that they're consuming. I love that. So just for everyone, actually, because this is the state of the union. So this is one of those things where I want to talk about how as an industry do we move forward in certain elements. So in regard to that data element, what are some of the things that more hosting platforms should be providing? As we know, they, a lot of them provide like location, you know, your download information, but what else do you think is missing from some of these big hosting platforms that we should be having? So this is for everyone. Just what you think? I think the question, like, how much do you want them to know? Like, you guys are the listener. We're talking about your information, right? So, like, what do you want me to know? It's not really about what I want. I, I could want, I want to know everything, right? I want to know how much you make, what you spend your money on, because that's going to help me to find advertisers and find out what products I can put in front of you as a listener. And that is going to increase your engagement with those advertisers. But like, ultimately it's what's going to be allowed, right? You have SXM, Sirius XM, you have Apple, Spotify, all these platforms, and they have a bunch of data, but we shouldn't really want them to share all that data. You shouldn't want them to share all that data with me, right? The best data you can get is how much are you listening? Where are you from? And then it's up to me to get the rest, right? Surveys are a great way. We've done surveys on several of our podcasts and it's like, you know, win an Amazon gift card, just fill out this survey. And then I can ask whatever questions that I want and you get to decide if you want to answer or if you want to participate in that survey. And then I get to craft those questions myself and I can find out anything that I want to know and you answer whatever you're comfortable with. And I think that's the better way to combine your own, the data you can get from your most dedicated listeners with more of the general data that the platforms are going to provide because we can ask for whatever we want. Ultimately, it's not going to be uh, what they want to give, what we want and what you want to give are not going to always align. Data is powerful. It really can shift a whole industry and really provide information to lift an entire demographic, for instance, Black listeners. So one thing that we have in our arsenal is a survey tool called Pod Survey. So all of our hosts, we invite them to announce and get listeners to participate in the survey. And they are able to provide us with demographic, geographic, and also information around advertising and what kind of ads they want to see their behavior, the consumption behavior around certain brands. So it's, it's like a 10-question survey, but it really allows us to package stories for advertisers so that they want to buy into these podcasts. And it's a super powerful tool and, and people use it all the time. We as a company, you know, we don't just run podcasts in our properties. We actually monetize podcasts across every platform, no matter where. So if it's Spotify or if it's Apple, we are able to monetize those podcasts as well. We give our hosts the freedom to be wherever they want to be and get as many audiences as they want. So the survey format is the best method for us right now. 
Uh, but they were definitely continuing to look and innovate around what other ways can we learn more about the, these listeners? Because the competitors are not going to give us their data. <laughs> Spotify is not going to give us their data. So we try to get it ourselves through asking listeners to participate. Yeah, I think for me, like I'm very big on authenticity and this may be like the grandest request, but I would love for us to be able to dive into conversations as they're happening. Um, For example, the mass shooting that happened last week and, you know, a lot of parents, I'm a parent and I was thinking about my daughter and sending her to school, to elementary school and safety. And I like as a someone that's in a position of like, you know, the advertisers and the creators and really wanting to make sure that we put the conversation where it needs to be and that whatever product or service we choose to support on that platform or on that show, that it really does resonate with the listener. It's what our community truly needs. There's a lot of information for us out there. And as we grow, as our power grows in education, I'd like to make sure that we're being authentic in the time that we spend and what we're telling you about and the products and services that truly help grow generational wealth, that truly help us um, educate ourselves more. And I'm not interested in just like the money, but like the only way that you'd be able to do that is to, to watch the conversation happening in real time and to see how do parents feel about safety. And so if this is a show about parents or for parents and it's talking about children and, you know, safety and how to have conversation around these things, then the product should speak to that. So I think instead of like asking people questions and doing the surveys, we have to be willing to share and continue to have thoughtful conversation on social media, you know, not just, you know, rants are good and stuff, but they're listening. They see what we're talking about. And so every time we post, every time we comment on something, Facebook especially, you know, we have to make sure that we're having conversation that is thoughtful, you know, that um, really pushes us forward. So I don't know if that answers your, your question. No, no, I like it. Yeah, I want to know it all, but at the same token, privacy. So I get it. Yeah. But if we really think about from independent creatives, you know, we don't always have access to the same information as larger companies. And this day and age, there's so many big fish breaking into the industry. And from HBO to Netflix, so many people are starting podcasts And, you know, there's always the question of, are there too many podcasts out there? And now every show I watch, they're like, oh, I'm going to go do my podcast. I'm like, dang, okay. (laughs) And it's becoming mainstream, which I think is helpful for discoverability because more people will know about it. But what does that then mean for us independents who don't have that budget, don't have that staff? What are the ways that we can stick out in the industry with so many big fish in it? I was going to say, because we face that as a company, since we tend to sign a lot of big names, um, what we're finding is that these big names, they're using the playbook that independence wrote. You know, you guys set the stage, right? They want to follow your lead. <laughs> and some of them are doing it successfully and some are not. You know, some of these bigger stars, they just don't have the heart and the commitment and they don't understand how hands-on you have to be and how authentic you need to be in the podcasting space. And m- many times they come in and they come in for like a season or two and then they leave. Uh, or they just start a whole different topic. I think the industry is big enough for all of us. And I think the power is with the independents right now because you guys know how to talk to your audience. <laughs> you heard it here first. Before podcasting, I was in the music industry for about 20 years. And I think 
I, I, there's so many parallels. I used to manage talent, manage writers, producers, artists, and build careers from the, the bottom up. And I think it doesn't work top down. I think so what you're saying is com- completely right, where you're always going to have an opportunity. When everyone's in the podcasting, it means it's, it's easy. The access is at least easy, which means we have an opportunity, the same opportunity as everyone else. Now, we don't have the money that Amazon and Spotify and uh, Sirius are going to th- throw in. And like, so you have to figure out strategic partnerships. You have to figure out who your audience is, hone that audience, grow that audience. It's no different than if you are a you know, rapper from Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? Like, what should you first do? Try to go make it in New York? No, you probably need to step out of your house, go down the street and convince those guys first that you've got something, right? You build your audience slowly. You take over your street, your the side of your city, then your city, then your region, then your state, and you go national. So I think the playbook you're talking about is like, that's how you build an audience. Someone is like, oh, that that's the guy, or that's, that's that group, or that's that female artist that's taken over the city. That's what you need to do as your podcast. Everyone, you know, it seems like you're only, you know, one one thing away from success all the time, but you can't get your your eyes can't get too big. You have to remember, like, you got to convince the people around you and make sure that the people around you are podcast people. Right. Doesn't make sense if you go convince all your friends who aren't listening to podcasts like you have to build a podcast community around you. So if they're if they're podcast listeners like that is your audience and grow it out slowly from the bottom up, not not top down. I'm actually in the process right now of partnering with independent podcasters to bring into our network and um, our portfolio. And uh, I've had a combination of those who know nothing about podcasts, but they have a great story to tell. And those who are, you know, getting 50, 60, I won't call him now, but he in the room. He's one of the biggest, you know, um, hosts in, in Atlanta. And I remember when he built his show just like what, three, four years ago, he's doing his thing now. So that it's a combination of those who are like hitting it, you know, they grew their audience, audience organically. That's a beautiful thing. And uh, that partnership actually is a lot more, it's incredibly valuable. But networks are also willing to invest in a good story. You know, if you have an audience, let's say you're a business owner and you have a unique business or you have a unique perspective about this audience and that business, a lot we have budget to be able to invest in a show that does not exist, but it's the concept. And while it may take longer to build, and I think public media may be different in that way from like commercial businesses because we don't have to, our success isn't determined by monetary value. It's a de, it's determined by uh, com- the community and what we do in the community and how we impact that com- that community. That's what determines our success because we're already grant funded, you know? So we look for organic stories that have impact. And if we have the resources to be able to amplify your story and we can grow your story, then it's, it's a great investment. So don't feel discouraged if you don't, if, if you're not a podcaster and you don't have an audience yet. I also was previously at PRX and Radiotopia, which is one of the biggest production companies, well, distributors in podcasting and in broadcast. And they did the same thing. The Stoop, uh, the women that are the hosts of The Stoop, it's a show about black women and um, coming from different cultures and being an American. They didn't have an audience. They did the podcast training garage with PRX and they were selected out of a group of creators and they built their podcast from nothing. Don't, you know, don't be discouraged. I like what you guys have said in that capacity. And it's like, I know if I, when I was in the audience with these things, like, oh, that sounds really nice. Huh? 
How do I do this? Say, say this different. And so, for example, when we talk about celebrities really breaking into the space, for example, and they don't stay long, you know, it might be one season and you don't hear the show again. Do you see the industry moving away from that and tapping into creatives? One, two, do you see where it can move to where, how do we pitch for that? Like, how do we get in front of the people to say, Hey, this is what I have going on. This is how many years I've been doing it. This is the data I have. I'm on my, right here, my stuff. And so with that in mind, how do we take it to that next level? And do you see the industry shifting away from always picking these celebrities for things that really with social media, everybody has so much access to them. We don't care to hear them on the microphone. I mean, the hard part is that those celebrities do bring a big audience. They bring them in mass. I don't know if it's because of their celebrity status or the intrigue around the show or their ability to have a whole army supporting them from social, a social team, a marketing team, right? So it's also learning from what they're doing and really building that social following, that's that audience yourself, and then being seen for that. I, I think that once you build your stories and you have the people following you, you know, more resources will come your way. But I do have to say that the industry does have to step it up and also support these creators because you can only do so much yourself, right? There are some success stories from independents who make it really big. And then you have stories of, of celebrities who have podcasts who don't make it that big. And then the sweet spot is, you know, meeting in the middle, both sides meeting in the middle and creating a powerful and successful podcast using all the tools available. Yeah, I think success is, you know, everyone to have success is, is in everyone's favor, right? Like seeing a celebrity crash and burn doesn't help any of us because now someone just lost a whole lot of money and now may not invest in the next thing. And we also need the tent to be as big as possible. So celebrities, I hope they do get into, they bring money. We need the money to be circulated because it, it creates better tech. It creates better, more marketing budgets, a path, uh, a pipeline to TV and film. So we, we need, um, so I, I get why like, you may like, I don't want to hear this person's podcast, but it's, it's really not for you. It's for someone else. Right. And they're bringing more people, all those hundreds of millions of followers they have on social media. Hopefully they're bringing some of those people into podcasting. And while they're here, what are the, what else are they discovering? Right. Hopefully it's my show, your show, one of your shows. We need everyone to be invested in this space, but in a real way, because we also need the, there are, there are initiatives, there are, you know, public radio, there are um, a, a lot of different opportunities for independent podcasts to be supported by bigger networks as well. I think that ultimately we started independent. We're still independent. We do, we, you know, you, you build yourself up to get to a point where you can leverage your success and then you use your independent status as, and your success as a way to partner with the majors. So we have partnerships with iHeart, with Intercom, we're, we've done shows with Netflix, HBO, Spotify, but we're still independent companies. So you know, it's not one or the other. Like you need to go find the money. I, I don't spend my own money on podcasting more unless I'd want to, right? It's about, I can go get an iHeart budget to go make a show. And if I go partner with you, now you have a show on iHeart and on Tenderfoot with massive marketing across both. So it's just about how you position yourself in the industry. It's much easier to position yourself when you already have leverage, which is going to come from the audience that you build. I was going to add to, to something you said, which is true. It's like, it all, it is all for the benefit of podcasts. The more people are doing it, the more awareness there is, the more resources. And I have to say too, some of these celebrities, at least the ones that we have in our network, it's not only just about them. They're building a community of podcasters themselves too. So Two networks that we have within our arsenal is Team Coco with, and then he has all of this amazing other creators within his network 
that we also are, he pushes us to support them, even if they have a small audience. Uh, we have own as well. And Oprah is pushing other creators and she's building kind of like this arsenal of podcasts that are not just about her, but also about these smaller creators as well. So it's like, it's about lifting each other. So if, if one podcast, be, podcast becomes successful, then you cannot have to bring the community with you as well. I don't have a, like a preference with like, so I don't think celebrity podcasts are that big, honestly. I think that, and again, maybe that's coming from public media. Some of the biggest shows are like Sound Exploder and The Moth that are truly built around the, the storytelling. I would say two things. Like I would say one, build it and they will come. Like whatever you're doing, just make sure you are in alignment with your destiny. Like you really know what you're giving to the audience. You care about who they are, know who your audience is, who you're targeting, why, their needs, their wants, their motivations. Like spend your time researching them. And that's how you get the audience to connect with the purpose. And the more you get to know them, the more you just keep iterating and iterating and keep making your podcast better. The people speak for you. The other thing is relationships. I would not be here if it was not for relationships. Like I, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, my family was on welfare. Like the fact that I'm sitting here right now is insane. But because of the relationships that my mother had and the faith that she had in our family and it came to Atlanta and we built. And when I got the opportunity to out of high school, I worked at a conference, met uh, Griff Two Trillion. And I was like, hey, I want to do this radio thing. He's like, oh, they interns, they got, they're hiring interns at Radio One. Went up there. The rest is history. I studied. I went to Georgia State, got the education I needed. I went back into the community and I kept networking. I get on LinkedIn. I'll send people messages even now, you know, getting them DMs, relationships. That's what helps. Like this. Can I call you out? Is it OK? OK. Darius Hicks, he's um. A good friend of mine, he uh, started his podcast, Wild Black. I'm sure many of y'all may know him. We were co-workers. Well, not co-workers. We were working in Pont City Market at the same time. He was at Pinterest. I was at General Assembly. I left to go to PRX to, to work for Radiotopia. He had just started his podcast. Now, three years later, he's one of the biggest producers in podcasts and hosts. Okay? He is moving. I saw him do it organically. And that's why I can really say you can do it. This brother did it just three years ago. And he kept in contact with me. He was like, he was like, Sid, you going to PRX? Like, oh, they got that, that program, the Google Creative Program. You know, let me submit my stuff. Three, and he kept every year he texts me. If it's like once or twice a year, hey, just checking on you, seeing how you doing. When I got this job, he texts me. And I hadn't even told anybody that I was director of podcast. I hadn't shared it yet. He was like, Sid, just checking on you. And just like that, I reached out to him. Actually, I researched his podcast and I was like, you've been working. Like, you know, he had all these downloads. And so, yeah, it's keeping in contact with people, building the everyone in here. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, who they will become. Show up at events like this and keep building. Make sure people know you. Go back home, work on your show, you know, connect with your audience, get on live, just grind and hustle. People did it on YouTube. They did it on Instagram, right? Like, Independent creators are way more popular than celebrities. So it could happen with podcasts too. I love it. We all can be celebrities is what I heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm ready for my camera moment. <laughs> this one is directed at Donald. So, you know, you just said you plugged. That's what I heard you say. <laughs> uh, so if 
you know, any of us wanted to pitch you a show, what would you be looking for? What does that look like? And what should that entail? I think oftentimes we hear of, you know, partnerships with independents, but we don't really know what it takes to get ready. So if today you tell us all what we need, you know, I think in six months, guys, we should all pitch him. <laughs> so, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. So our company, we focus on narrative storytelling, mostly in true crime. So we did Up and Vanish was our first show that ultimately ended up in two arrests. The trial just ended in South Georgia. Uh, we did Atlanta Monster about Wayne Williams and Atlanta Child Murders with iHeart, actually Stuff Media. So we are branching out outside of just true crime, but narrative storytelling, that's our sweet spot. So I think as a community, what we need to do more of and what I'm looking for, so this is the, the alignment here, is we are naturally charismatic, funny, energetic, great conversation. So we can get on a microphone and have a great conversation with anyone. So we naturally are able to make those shows and make those shows good. I think we have to take that same energy and what does that sound like and look like when you are now the host of a narrative podcast, right? What story are you looking into? What human story are you telling? What narrative story? What true crime story? Because there aren't enough of us hosting those shows. And there are, there are plenty of our own stories and mainstream stories. Like we don't have to only stick to stories that are about us or about our struggle. We can talk about anything we want. Everyone else does. So we don't have to put ourselves in a box. Now, if no one else is telling our stories, obviously we have to tell our own stories, but that might be half the room. The other half, we can go do something else that no one expects us to do. And there are people in positions to put us places that other people may not. So I'm looking for all these, like just really creative narrative stories and just having an idea isn't good enough, right? You have to have access. You have to know how to go get the story. You have to you know, use that your, your skill and your hustle to be able to go find the story, find the contacts, start to develop that story, and then show me what you have or that you've taken steps one through three. I can take it to you know, steps four through 10, and then we can make something great. So we're always looking for stories, narrative stories. I'm looking for you know, diverse stories, and I'm looking for us to be the ones telling those stories. Be also prepared to pitch. <laughs> Are there questions I should ask him? Do you want to know what should be in this email that you're sending? <laughs> and honestly, like we've we found a lot of times our philosophy is different. We go after the things that we like. We, like I say, we, I never knew how to make a podcast. So I made a podcast. So we simply said, let's make something that we would want to listen to. You have to trust in, your, in yourself and then have a team around you to tell you if you suck or not. But at the same time, you got to like trust yourself and, and go after those those goals. But yeah, I mean, I think we just have to expand beyond kind of what's, what comes easy to us, right? And like try the thing that comes a little bit harder because you'll turn over a rock and find something that no one else found. And you don't know what you can impact in a listening audience or an active case or a cold case or whatever it may be. I mean, we've had really tremendous success in you know several of our podcasts that not only had great commercial success, Atlanta Monster had over 50 million downloads to live and die in LA, 50 million up and vanish 400 million, like and they all impacted active investigations, cold cases, reopenings of cases. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So, like, if, if you you you're probably starting out much further than I did in 2016. So if I can do it, I mean, and all I brought to the table was was hustle. You know what I'm saying? So keep that same hustle and bring a story to me or just or do it yourself. But whatever it is, I mean, there's nothing in our way. I love that. This next one is for Sierra. I know before, I think Jay Ann was the first person I met that I really found out about public radio in, in the capacity. And so I think as independents, we're always looking at iHearts and the Spotify's and 
what we consider to be like, oh, these are the big companies and this is what I should focus on. But what I've loved about meeting you, learning more about what you do is the power within your independence. Can you share with the audience really what that looks like and what opportunities lie there for partnerships? Yeah. So again, WABE is a local broadcast station. It's Atlanta's NPR station. So the affiliation is with NPR, which is a national brand. We actually have the affiliation with NPR, PRX, everything within the public media system. But now we're seeing a lot of collaboration within public media with organizations outside of public media. For example, um, Vox and WNYC. Um, I think Today Explained is now, it's a podcast and it's also a radio show. It's um, also on Netflix. We all are trying to survive. <laughs> so you'll see those partnerships and there are no, unless it's a, a very strict agreement that we'd only partner with certain uh, nonprofits and organizations, we partner with whoever we can get the reach you know, so it may be Pineapple that Jaanne is at or, you know, it, it may be serious. It may be Vox. It may be iHeart. We, you know, you, you never know. Like, and, and just as he said with Tenderfoot, he's done so many collaborations. So it, it doesn't matter. I don't think like who that organization is per se. It's really about their relationships and who they can connect you to, you know, the shows that we're looking to bring in, I'm looking to partner. I was just on the, a, a call with Jan last week at Pineapple. I was on a call with ACAS, NPR, whoever is going to help us grow this network. You know, we're all willing to partner. We're all in the audio space. So the reach is, is however, I, I, I do think in a way, I mean, if you're an independent getting started and you don't have those relationships yet, then that matters. The history of that organization, the value of that organization you know, that's what matters. Yeah. Don't limit yourself. You know, I'm, I'm a salesperson. <laughs> so, and I'm a hustler, you know? So if I have a show that I know it has the capacity to partner with a show that's outside of my portfolio, I'll partner with that show. And then we cross promote those shows together to grow that audience. And it doesn't matter if they're a part of our network or not. It's about the reach. So I think each of you, everyone has spoken about like, ways that we can really di diversify in topics. And if your podcast is about this, you know, I still love you, okay? We're all one community. But there's a lot of Black creatives are creating about sex and relationships. And everybody can't talk about sex and relationships all day. What are some areas that we are missing the opportunities? I know, like, you know, for Donald, I know you're going to say true crime, so you can't say true crime. But what are areas that we are missing the opportunity where there's big stories and we see that the industry is moving towards like, I know like kids podcasts are getting more popular, but what are the areas that we see within the next five years? This is a concept that we need to be focused in on. And where can we as black creatives tap into? Not true crime. Hmm. I mean, I think kids, the, the hard thing is that the, my two answers, they're honest answers, but there's really no money in them right now. So it's like kids content. There can be money there, but it's very hard, right? It's hard to advertise towards kids. You have to advertise to their parents, I would say young adult space is probably, um, you know, the like, how do you create future podcasters? Right. If we're all in this industry, you want it to be get them as young as possible. Kids is always harder. Like I said, I think young adult 17 and up as a target market. And I think it's news uh, for that age group. And I think scripted is the other one, but it's tough. Scripted costs a lot more money, harder to make and less buyers. So I think the, it's not that we have to discover something new in the future. Hey. 
soundtrack. <laughs> I think that's the your speech is going too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not a great answer. It's it's not honestly. I think we're, we don't have to look for something new, right? Like, just don't be behind. Like, we get into things late because we there's lack of access and outreach, right? We're in it now. We're here. Just don't do the same typical shit that everyone else is doing. Look at what other people are doing. I just came from a conference in uh, in London, and it was the first. It was like two thousand people. It was called the podcast show, and well, I'm not plugging it. I'm mentioning it because this is global, right? And there are partnerships to be made, like we've all all talked about. It's about like finding that network of people wherever they are, because your network can never be too too big. And podcasting, don't let it just outgrow you because when you got in and you thought this one thing, you never thought beyond that one thing because it's what you knew. It's because you got the idea because 10 other people are doing it. And you have to be so unique and so good to stand out doing the same exact thing. Like how many breakfast clubs do we need? I only need one. You know what I'm saying? So like we don't need everyone doing the same thing. How many sex and relationship? How many just, you know, culture podcasts do we need? Like what else can you do? Because we can do anything. So why are we only always, always, do, you know, always doing the same thing? So I don't know if there's a great answer. This like this new thing that we're that we're discovering. It's like just look around, and if no one that looks like you is doing it, you should probably try it. Yeah, so true. And I think you said something earlier about people being comfortable turning the mic on and just having a conversation, and that's what comes naturally. So they're just going to talk about the things that matter to them and the skew towards sex and relationships and things like that, right? We're going to be sharing this later, but we conducted a a study on the Black Podcast Listener, and we found that, of course, comedy, culture, podcasts are popular, and that's what people have been listening to. But the data showed us that people are Black listeners specifically are more willing to listen to podcasts if there were Black podcast hosts doing these different genres, which included history, true crime, (laughs) as well as storytelling formats. Uh, I did it for you. I mentioned true crime, just for you. And yeah, there are just formats that are just not being utilized by the Black creators. Storytelling formats, like scripted formats, I think are really great too, because they allow you to tell a very beautiful story through audio, including a lot of elements that are going to bring the audience in. So just investing a little bit more in the production of the podcast and using formats that are a little bit different, that are going to satisfy the need of listeners who are not finding themselves like business for instance i hardly find a lot of black podcasts around business and that's what i actually go to podcasts for just to learn how to improve my career to how to start my own business things like that so we just need to go towards formats that are going to not only entertain but also inform the community i agree with you everything you said i I don't i I don't think i can add to that i do want to go back to earlier question about um how how to and maybe this goes into what you were saying as well, but um, sometimes you don't have to create a whole podcast like season or series. You could focus on your pilot and the story that you're telling and what you're pitching and make sure it's really good. If you're going to invest in a whole season, as the networks, will, they'll invest in creating the rest of the shows. Maybe you just want to get the idea and the concept in front of a network. And so instead of spending, you know, your budget on, you know, 20 episodes, never do 20 episodes, don't, don't do that. Unless it's related, you know, to current events, you're exhausting your time in the wrong space. Spend your time in your team and your production. Get a great sound engineer if you can. Get a great producer if you can. Go to a local, Anna has an amazing space where you can produce there. 
great mic quality, all of those great things. And then focus on what is the story you're telling and what is the idea, create the pilot, and then you can pitch that. It's just another idea if you haven't started yet. That's a great point. I think I don't want to hear, like if someone says, I have a podcast, it's out, go listen to it. Now I can judge you on how well it's doing, right? If you say, I have a podcast idea, I did a pilot episode or a trailer, or here's two early episodes. Now I can say, how good it is and how great it can be versus me saying, yeah, I wish you would have came to me six months ago where we could have made this great. Now it's out there. I can't reel it back in. You know what I'm saying? So like there's a step before building your audience, which is like make something great and like that you can actually build an audience off of. And then what I'll say back to the earlier point about what do we need to do? Like you can bend genres too. You don't have to stay in one genre. Like we've done shows where we've had a hybrid show where it's part scripted, part unscripted. We just did the MLK tapes with iHeart, which was conspiracy, crime, and history. Uh, we did sports and crime with Whistleblower. We did music and crime with Dead and Gone. Like, find the things that are interesting. And if you like business, Wondery did business wars, like this company versus this company. What do they bring to the table? Like, there are creative ways to take a genre and bend it a little bit or do a hybrid of, of, of different things. So just kind of think outside the box and don't squarely like take influence shit we took influence from cereal it's the only reason we're we got on the podcast was because of cereal we took influence from cereal but we didn't go and do exactly what they did right so like take influence and then come up with something great off of that i mean there's nothing new and original anymore like make it your own by pulling things that mean something to you and that you found interesting from other content make your own genre <laughs> yeah so last question before we open up for questions from the audience is the longevity of the industry. So I think everyone thinks of podcasting right now, similar to blogging. You know, at one point, everybody had a blog. I remember my mom was like, you should start a blog. I'm like, oh, Jesus. But everyone had a blog. And do we think that podcasting is going to start fading out similar to blogging? Because I know blogging still exists, but what do you think the longevity of this industry is and where do you see it going in the next five to 10 years? I think this is just the beginning. I mean, people are just starting to, even though we kind of live and breathe the business, for some people, it is the first time that they recognize the power and influence and the size of podcasting. And I've seen it. You know, we we go to try to convince advertisers about the space and they're usually like surprised by the data that we show them. So one, you know, you're going to have a lot more advertisers being interested in it. You're going to have a lot of big houses, big creators supporting the business. And it's only going to get better. We're just starting to get a little bit smarter about advertising on podcasts, too, uh, and having resources. So yeah, this is the start. Like I wouldn't say it would fade out at all. And actually the data shows a projection that's significantly exploding, especially because podcasts originally were a very white male space and now diverse audiences are coming in and redefining it and making it their own. So there are whole demographics that have yet to come into the space that are going to start coming. And one area that I used to be skeptical about was younger listeners. I'm like, do young people listen to podcasts? And we've done some research and we're finding that yes, they do. They may not consume it in the same way that we are used to consuming it. They do a lot of kind of like streaming of the podcast or even like they're very used to using audio to communicate. So I think that the they're just going to be adopting podcasts, but in their own way in the future. I think, um, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't think that it will phase out. I'm going to continue riding the wave, you know, and, and as we continue to invent and reinvent how we communicate, I think it'll just evolve. People really care about Black listeners and what we are doing. You know, advertisers care because of our loyalty and to the host and 
our buying power. You know, we've now the table that we used to talk about, we are the table and like we're not at the table. We are the table. You know, our culture matters. Our stories matter. The more that we grow and I keep talking about this as financial literacy is really important to me. But the more that we grow, our power grows, our influence grows, and we will continue to stay at the forefront. And that's where we are. We are not at the bottom. We are at the center of what advertisers want. Black stories, black people, black culture, black music, black ideas. We can do it all, you know? So I don't know if podcasting is still going to be the thing for us, but I know that we will continue to grow. And whatever platform works for us, we'll continue to do that. But own that space, though, and know that your voice it is it is valuable. Man, my job right now, I'm looking for black content. And that's what advertisers, the study that, that Nadia did, I mean, it was incredible. You really, girl, can I just, honey. Thank you. <laughs> for, for people in my, in my role, that report that you did on the black listener, I never seen before. And the report that Nielsen did on the black families, black consumers had never been done in the history of data and reporting what we do, what we care about, the things that we buy. I, I just that was profound to me because I'm like, they don't care what we. But as we increase in entrepreneur being entrepreneurs and our buying power and the money that we have, we are also seeking information. We're seeking knowledge and we're trying to understand what do we do with this power that now our grandparents, ancestors have worked so hard to acquire for us. What do we do with it? And so we're seeking information in the form of podcasts and television, social media, and all of those things. And as that continues to grow and our buying power continues to grow, we will be at the forefront of whatever media source. doesn't matter. But we just have to know the power that we have and the influence that we have. And that's my thing. I'm championing that. Do, like, do y'all know that we're the number one listeners in podcasting and advertisers want more content from us? That report that you did helped me to do that and help, helped me to champion that. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful as someone that consumes media for the work that y'all did because we've never seen it before. Thank okay. you so much for sharing that. <laughs> so let's take a few questions. You know, we go over time and, you know, my OCD is kicking in. Um, so let's take a few questions from the audience. We have time from just a few. We have Audrey right here. And then, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so great news is that I'm going to be sharing some details later, a couple sessions after this. I'm going to be sharing some highlights from the report and you can find it on the app. We have we've uploaded the data there. So we'll be able to share that information with you. So if you have the Whova app for her session, the presentation and the data is on the app itself. So you guys will have access to it for up to a month. So make sure you download it. In terms of... Uh staying relevant with your show to then end up be, being able to pitch it to, I mean, here's the thing. There are shows that maybe, you know, different shows for different networks, right? Every show doesn't work for Tenderfoot. It may work for Sirius, may work for uh, WABE. I think the main thing is look at yourself as a network. Even if you only have one show, you might have one show that is evolving, but I look at, like I said, I come from the music industry, a podcast is an album. The podcast host is the artist and the label is your network, right? 
So an artist can have multiple albums. You don't, it's not solely about your one podcast. And if this one doesn't work and I got to build the audience from this to this, what else can you do, right? Is there a weekly format? Is there a narrative series that's a limited series? Is there a hybrid show, a scripted show? So I, I may not be intrigued by the first one or the one that's out, but I may see something in there's like, okay, I see what you did with this one episode. Maybe we can turn that one thing into a six-part limited series. So there's always so many wins that you can that you should be able to see in your sites that's I can grow my show to a level where I can get interest from a network or I can take the, this talent and put it in a different format and have a different type of podcast with the same host or spring one of my co-hosts off into something. So I would say just figure out what is the best route for you. And any of those things could be interesting to me or to anyone It's in any one of those things that I just mentioned. I believe in building content. Most of you probably learned about us from Instagram because we're not anywhere else. You literally want to perfect one place and let your audience know where to find you before you go everywhere else. If you're trying to be everywhere as a team of one, you will fail. It's just inevitable. Trying to be on Twitter, Facebook, IG Live, newsletter, a blog, a podcast, and you still work full time is just not feasible. But if you perfect one lane, if you show up there 100% of the time and your audience knows where to find you, and then when you have a team, then when you have that opportunity to grow, then you can branch out. But trying to really just be in all the places all the time I think that's why we don't see people making it past three episodes. I think that's why you see the burnout. You see people really just abandoning their platform. It's not from a lack of interest. It's that life starts to happen. So building your content and your platform around your life makes more sense than trying to force your life to work with your content. So that's my little T pieces on that. I mean, I would say... I mean, I, I agree with some of that. I think, especially when it comes to your your content, marketing, promotions, I mean, you definitely go where your audience is, right? If you feel like your audience is on one specific social media platform, go there. If they're on all of them, go to all of them. In terms of your content, I'd rather hear a great podcast episode than see a mediocre podcast episode. Like, I don't need to see your mediocre video version, right? It's not adding anything to it. So to me, I think that's where a lot of people spend a lot of time, money, editing, and then it looks like you you spent a lot of time and money and it still doesn't look like a lot of money and time because there's only so much you can do. So, I mean, I would say that focus your content and the availability of that content in certain places, even with like we launched our subscription service for Tenderfoot and we didn't put it everywhere. We put it on Apple because we have a great relationship with Apple and we were like, it's going to take too many resources and too much extra work to make it wide. So we just stayed on Apple, but that gave us a proof of concept of how it could work if we open that up to the rest of the industry wide. So I think take it slow and um, yeah, like, like again, find your audience and, and don't burn yourself out. Cause like you said, life, life happens and you know, prepare yourself for life to happen. So you don't have to start aggressively on something they have to draw it back and then disappear, you know, start slower and build. I mean, I, I probably won't have much to add to to this topic, but I do have to say that sometimes I look at the podcast industry, almost like the music industry. I think you mentioned this. Nowadays, labels want these artists to have a following, to build that audience. And any person that wants to be an artist knows that and they and they build that. They create that and they focus and they get creative in how they bring their content forward. So just think about, you know, that one platform, whatever you use, how can this platform help me get my topics out there, my brand uh, and building your personal brand so that then they can follow your podcast. That would be just the one thing that I would suggest. 
Yeah, I think like going back to what I said earlier about uh, your divine path, I'm, I'm going to be that person. Because when you understand why you're doing it and who you're doing it for and why they need it and the, the importance of it, when you share it with them, they're going to share it with someone else. And again, going back to Darius, I think, I don't think, and I'm, maybe I'm speaking for him, but I don't think when he was creating Wild Black, he was thinking about the marketing so much. And I think as creators and business people, we may get too much into that part of it rather than the purpose and the intent and like the impact that you're going to have. That's what our content today lacks. Everything is trendy and it'll push and it don't sit and it's stale by the end of the day because it lacks authenticity and purpose and passion. I'm telling you, when you do that, when you connect with that part of it, people are going to feel it and it will send that frequency that it'll hit the way you need it to hit. It'll hit that one right person. And, you know, the marketing, all that stuff is good. But again, you kind of let the network worry about that, you know, share Make sure your story's good. Make sure the show is really good and build the relationships. Okay, last question. God dang. I want Donald. <laughs> I actually want, I would like Donald to take this one. I would like Donald to take this one from your role at the Podcast Academy. Yeah, I think um, anytime you're depending on, dependent on someone else, right, you are going to be subject to what they're doing, what happens in that company, right? It's always about having multiple relationships with multiple companies. The Podcast Academy, I'm a chairperson of the Podcast Academy, started two years ago. I think when you are, same thing with like being part of a Black Pod Collective, like you, you have to build an audience around you, right? And that's what travels because people travel company to company. And I think you have to find the places where everyone's looking for what we have, right? I think you're, this is what your survey shows is that we're listening, we're creating. It is all in fashion, I guess is what they would probably say behind closed doors to fund our shows, to give us opportunities. I think NPR just got like a million dollar grant for this specifically for what you're talking about, like funding black content, diversifying their staff. So I think you have to um, present yourself, your show, your network in a way that is going to be appealing to a broad variety of, of buyers, right? The way we grew in the industry was we didn't put all our eggs in one basket. We did two shows with one company, one show with iHeart, another show. So we were in business with like four or five companies. One company crashes and burns because of some dumb shit they do in a board meeting doesn't affect me. I got five shows other places. So you always have that mentality of like, you don't really know who you can trust. And you can, and even if you do trust them, how far can you trust them? Right? So you have to just be prepared and then like go look for the money. These companies are getting money. Like I said, look up the NPR grant that they just got. Like that means that they're giving some of us some money. Maybe that's you, right? Like find those things and, and the programs. I know PRX, uh, they have, a, they also have programs like, it, and look, when something bad happens at a company, just don't write the company off. It's like one thing that may have happened or, or, or culture companies change. They turn over their phases. There are they're not perfect and neither no one else in this room is as well. Right. So you don't, don't ever write, you know, one off. And honestly, the person who just fucked up, it might be the person who is, has to give the most opportunity next. So, you know, take advantage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of black pod collective, the podcast, a how to podcast for podcasters. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review. We look forward to welcoming you to the collective.